This week, RVing doesn't always have to be about getting out into nature in the middle of nowhere. It can also be about the bright lights of the big city. Viva Las Vegas. This is RV Miles. This winter, L.L. Bean wants to help you get outfitted for all that's out there with tips and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. Finding time outside can feel tough in winter, but it's just steps away if you turn your backyard into a winter oasis. Add a fire pit to keep you warm, some winter games to keep you active, and some all-weather furniture and outdoor blankets for chilling out comfortably. Just because it's cold out, that doesn't mean you have to be cold. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com slash guide. Welcome to episode number 261 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time RVers who have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip with our three boys since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We just had our third experience in Las Vegas after six years on the road plus now, and uh, it was a blast as always, and we did lots of new things this time, so we're excited to share with you about visiting Las Vegas in an RV and some of the things that you can do in the city, but also some of the really cool nature areas outside of the city and very close to the city. So we're excited about getting to that in the middle section of the show. But first, we have a question from a listener that we wanted to discuss a bit. Yeah, they are interested in hearing our thoughts about all big rig RV trailers depreciating to essentially valueless levels in the next six to 10 years. This listener is really concerned about the trend towards EV RVs. And they are wondering that, uh, will RVers begin to gradually reduce the size of their rigs in anticipation of this, even if they don't really want to, or perhaps even give up RV life altogether because they don't want to or cannot live in a tinier box than they have now. So this listener, just from this question, does not seem to be too thrilled with the EV revolution. Yeah, and they've mentioned, um, you know, big rig RV trailers becoming impossible to tow more than 50 to 100 miles. Um, so, you know, let's let's dispel a few myths here. Um, first of all, it's six to 10 years. Uh, we are not all going to be forced to driving only electric vehicles, okay? Um, what, in, and I know that, you know, the vast majority of Americans are not a fan of the government telling us what to do. We're built on freedom and the freedom to buy the things and use the things that we want. The The push towards electric vehicles um, is partially driven by the government. It's partially driven by the fact that electric vehicles are coming to the point where they're good vehicles. They're enjoyable to drive. Um, for the person who is an everyday commuter, who is driving their car around, uh, it is going to be a very long time before electric vehicles are going to be able to tow uh, or to be able to be converted into large motorhomes in the way that internal combustion vehicles are now. So 
what happens in a few years when some states like California by 2035, I believe, is essentially banning the sale of internal combustion light-duty vehicles. Well, you know how in states where they have uh, banned the use of plastic bags at grocery stores, Mm -hmm. and instead they actually just give out thicker plaster plastic bags because those <laughs> don't meet the, those those meet the requirements um, yeah. it's going to be similar to that at first so it, california for instance you'll still be able to buy a heavy duty pickup truck mm-hmm. so if you're planning on pulling a fifth wheel in 2035 uh, an F two fifty or three fifty is not does not have to be electric. It's the light duty stuff that does. Um, so that that's that's the kind of transitional thing that we're going to be experiencing for quite some time. And it also doesn't mean all those vehicles need to get off the road. It means that they're eventually wanting to have all of them sold. The new ones be electric. You'll still be able to register a non-electric vehicle. These sort of uh, mandates by different government agencies, whether it's federal or local, whether it's state, they're meant to encourage innovation and they're meant to encourage the market and the manufacturers. If the market doesn't get there by that time, mm-hmm. without fail, it it always happens this way that those deadlines get pushed back. So here's a good example. We were all supposed to be uh, using the uh, the enhanced IDs, right? Uh-huh. By this point, yep. by this point, three years ago, something <laughs> yeah. like that. They just pushed that deadline back another two years. That kind of stuff is going to continue to happen. The types of trailers available and the types of motorhomes available are going to need to change in order for them to be able to be towed or converted into electric vehicles some of that is going to be really cool stuff uh, like the the ability to run absolutely everything on electricity in your rv including air conditioners and to for that to be built from the ground up that way we're going to be in this transitional phase for quite some time where if somebody wants to buy uh, a Ford Lightning, the electric F-150, mm-hmm. and they want to tow something behind that right now, they are going to be limited to in range. And uh, they'll be a lot less limited if they buy something low profile with some aerodynamics to it and that is lightweight. And I think some of that innovation, some of the stuff that we're going to find out about RV aerodynamics, because a lot of the manufacturers are already doing literally for the first time wind tunnel testing i mean we talk about how an airstream is meant to glide through the air it's meant to be more aerodynamic they didn't actually wind tunnel test one until a few years ago right so they're learning lots of stuff they're learning that yeah actually hauling these big bricks behind us is is reducing efficiency and that's gonna that's gonna that information will be helpful for whether you're towing with a gas uh diesel or uh an electric vehicle to help increase the efficiency. I don't think there's anything to worry about. I don't think your RVs are going to be valueless over a certain amount of time. That said, if you buy a fifth wheel today in 10 years, often it's not worth much anyway. So, you know, I don't think that's something to really be, uh, you, you know, you, these are depreciating assets, right? That's It's important to know that, but there's not going to be a time 10 years from now, six years from now, whatever it is, where it's like we're flipping the switch and everybody's got to be 
towing with an electric vehicle and they're going to be awful at it. They're also going to get better. Mm-hmm. Electric vehicles, battery capacity has, has du- the range capacity of electric vehicles. It essentially doubles every five years. I sometimes wonder if a hundred years from now, people are going to look back on us and mm-hmm. all of this fuss mm-hmm. that we've made over EV and just be like, what was wrong with those people? Yeah. I mean, yeah. as we look back a hundred years to the push and pull for the industrial revolution and for change, or even I think a lot of times of how the push and pull to develop modern medicine and how we used to bleed people because that's how we thought they got better. Yeah. You know, we have progressed as a society in the way that we need to move forward. And we have at our disposal right now, technology and ideas and resources that we have never had before. And we need to have those because our planet really needs us to have those. Yeah, we exactly. are we have exceeded a population globally that is we never thought we'd see. Yeah. And, so we got to do something. And that, that increase in population has happened so dramatically just over the course of like the last 50 years. Right. And I think, you know, the the thing to understand too is that Everybody, all the players, the manufacturers, the government, everybody knows that if everyone was given a free electric vehicle today, that A, that would be impossible because there isn't enough raw materials to build the batteries. Mm -hmm. Uh, There isn't enough capacity on the electric grid. There aren't enough uh, charging stations. Everybody knows that. So again, it's a it's a it's a way to encourage that innovation, and and they also know that there will need to be advancements in batteries. There'll be need need to be new battery technologies that that come out, um, which they are working on. Lots of things like solid state batteries are re- very exciting, uh, and that there will will need to be uh, advancements in other types of fuel you know we might be using hydrogen as well we might be using hybrids we might be uh we might see all like this the heavy duty trucks in the future be hybrid vehicles Mm -hmm. and they might be hybrids that are running primarily on electric and essentially are are built on a on an internal combustion generator just like diesel trains run off of diesel trains uh, diesel electric trains uh have a diesel engine but they're actually electric driven uh, that diesel engine is producing the power. We might see all sorts of different things. This is going to be a 50-year transition. And I don't think there's any worry that some major thing is going to cause it to be impossible. No, I think, you know, when our 200 years from now, when our great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren are sitting on Mars, they're all just going to wonder, like... <laughs> This was small potatoes, Evie. Look, we now all live on Mars. Like, and doing a whole lot do better we, than Matt do, Damon did. Do we like, want to live on Mars? This is my thing. We, we keep well, talking about, oh, with well, Mars is the next thing. And like all the billionaires are going to be on Mars while we've, we live on Earth. And we're... No, I don't know. It depends. That, the billionaires are going to send us to Mars. I think it depends. That's going to be like the prison colonies where no. we. <laughs> I think it depends on what side of the coin you're on when it comes to why we're talking about Mars. That's true. All right. So thank you so much for that question. And if you have a question for Jason and me and you would like to send it over to editor at rvmiles.com, we would absolutely love to read it. And if it's something that we can provide a little bit of our insight into, we would be happy to do that. 
We also want to remind you quick, uh, as we did last week, the subscription option is now available. If you're somebody that wants to give us a little extra support, if you are really interested in what we do and want to help us build the future of RV Miles by, hi Mars. <laughs> by hiring new people <laughs> uh, and by expanding the offerings that we have available, please consider becoming a mile marker. It's $4.99 a month and you can join via YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. It's the same benefits on any of them. You don't need to do more than one. Just choose one and uh, we get you a few additional little extras, but most of the content still available free for you to have if you're not able to join, but there are a few little extras if you become a uh, mile marker. Yes, there are. And two of the biggest ones are we are bringing back our monthly night live in 2023 and that will be for mile marker members. And so we will be doing that the first Monday of every month as we used to do in the past. And then also we have a private Facebook group for all of you who are supporting us in this particular way. We offer a little bit of a behind the scenes glimpse at what goes on here at RV Miles and some of the shenanigans that we get into some of the, uh, uh, would you say, give and take between you and the mic stand, the your your desire to try to sit in bed don't and record just, America's just, National Parks podcast. Just don't. Or even Jason's... <laughs> Jason's words of wisdom in the morning as we first wake up. And uh, I got to tell you, the vibe of Jason's hair in the morning is a vibe and a sassiness. So I do really, wish. this is just all going to be Abby putting her phone on me every time hey, I wake up in the morning. Last I checked, Mr. Everson, <laughs> you have a phone and you are a member of that group. Okay, you are will, welcome to post. I will. As long as I approve it first. Yeah. Uh -huh. The embarrassing <laughs> photos of you, not allowed. Oh, no, you look handsome as always, Jason. There is no such thing as an embarrassing photo of you. All right. So let's, let's, let's take a break. <laughs> let's take a break. We are all kinds of loopy. We are actually recording this uh, back to back from last week's yeah. episode because when this comes out, we will have just been returning from a four day vacation in Disneyland. Hence the Mickey Mouse sweater I am wearing today. We'll be right back in a moment. Be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around, you'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes, a full line of weight distributing hitches, adjustable ball mounts, and a new line of fifth wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. This episode is supported by ParkWolf, the ultimate app for visiting U.S. national parks. With ParkWolf, you can view upcoming places and amenities as you drive through the park, locate the nearest gas, food, bathrooms, and pullover points. ParkWolf's wildlife maps show you the best times and places to see or avoid wildlife along with a feed of the latest wildlife sighting photos from the parks. ParkWolf even makes it possible for you to view your live location and direction on official park maps while staying up to date on current NPS alerts and advisories. ParkWolf keeps working even if you lose service. To learn more, download the ParkWolf app for iPhone free from the Apple App Store today. 
We are back and it is time to talk about Las Vegas. This is our third visit to Las Vegas. Gets and, better and better every uh, time. <laughs> we spent more time here than we have in the past. We spent uh, mm-hmm. about three weeks total? No, two weeks. It wasn't but, it two weeks at Oasis and then a week at... Were we at two weeks yeah, at Oasis? Yeah. Three oh, weeks. Time flies when you are having fun. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we were here for three weeks. And we did We did stay at a fancy RV resort. And then we did some dry camping in mm-hmm. a Bureau of Land Management campground. So we started at Oasis RV Resort. We've talked about them in the past. It's a decent option for uh, visiting Las Vegas. You... Uh, don't pay that much money. I mean, it's it's expensive, I mean, but it's not like it, it's not what you would be expecting for a resort in Vegas. No, I think it was somewhere around eighty dollars a night, and that was with the Good Sam discount, or they do offer a Good yeah. Sam discount. I think it shakes out to being something like that. Um, we, eh, it's a little more than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yes, you were saying that. I was like, uh, okay, you clearly weren't the one that booked this. <laughs> but for what we were going for, and we were going over the Thanksgiving holiday and what we needed the resort for, and how we and we do this a lot when we know we're going to have stays where uh, it's a little bit on the pricier side. We do try to surround that with camping that is a little bit cheaper, and we'll talk about Red Rock in a second, but. That was one of the ways that we were able to uh, afford to do this two-week stint at Oasis. And so, you know, again, like you said, we've talked about it in the past. Um, I continue to really like being there. Unfortunately, this time around, uh, a lot of the amenities were closed because it is a slower season for them and they are, you know, uh, renovating everything. So that'll be great when, you know, the next time, maybe in a few months when you go yourself or when we return they're going to have all of these amenities kind of beefed up a little bit so that'll be great Um, one of the things i love about oasis i think it's a great place to go uh if you are if you're a snowbird mm -hmm. say you're about to go you know spend the winter in southern arizona or something like that or southern california it's a a great place to sort of beeline to from the north yeah and then and because at Oasis, they have like washing services that go around. Um, you can Laundry just sort on of, site. yeah, you can sort of just uh, dewinterize if you need to. Uh, mm-hmm. Be ready for all that sort of stuff. Have your rig washed and cleaned after the fall. All that sort of stuff. I think it's a good place to kind of get that stuff done you're in an area where there's lots of provisions available there's the mm-hmm. walmart nearby there's lots of rv dealerships Trader if you need Joe's, something Foods, done costco and, and case in point one of the reasons we were there is the friends that we're traveling with they uh they're full timers as well they bought a new rig and we're moving out of the old one and into a new airstream at at oasis so <laughs> they actually rented two sites for for a few days uh, so that they could put the rigs next to each other, and we sort of helped them move out of one and into the other. It was a party. It was. Uh, we had a really great time at Oasis. It's just nice enough without being super outlandish or being to the point where they say, your children are not welcome. <laughs> so we really enjoy Oasis. Uh we did two weeks there, like Jason mentioned, and then again to kind of help offset cost, we moved over to actually a, a really cool campground, and you almost can't believe that it's this close to Las Vegas. It's Red Rock Canyon Campground. It's part of the Red Rock Canyon National Conservation Area. This is a completely 
no frills campground. Do not go expecting what you had at Oasis. It could have been why it was really hard for Abby to make this transition from Oasis to Red Rock. It is completely boondocking. There is uh, no fills or dumps on site. So you're going to need to take care of all of that before you go into the park. And then you will need to find somewhere after you leave in order to no dump all your tanks. real cell service. Starlink worked great for us. But there's a little few oh. bars, but every teeny tiny, you can stand on top of hill, get a little <laughs> cell service, but it, it's, it's pretty sort of, uh, it's gorgeous. It's, it, yeah. And, and sort of stripped away from the Las Vegas, uh, hustle and bustle so what i find amazing about this park so it's 20 dollars a night to dry camp make a reservation generators are allowed they have generator hours uh what i find amazing about this campground is the stargazing and yet we're only a half an hour from the vegas strip yeah the stars were pretty now you can still see like the glow of the city big time obviously it's las vegas yeah um but you can see see the stars we saw some shooting stars and uh oh we did yeah it was it was it was pretty neat we really enjoyed it and i think you know it's very close to summerlin which is a kind of is a suburb of vegas and summerlin is is really cool i mean what's so again what's really interesting about this park is it's so quiet like when it's yeah. quiet, you can hear a pin drop. But I am literally ten minutes from a Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's very You'll, interesting and so quiet. I I will say though, so quiet and and full of lots of tent campers mm-hmm. that you will feel guilty running your generator much. But you will do uh, it. Um, <laughs> Well, we had uh, we had a few issues that required us yes. to, to run it more than we would have liked. We try to still be respectful. Um, and uh, it, it was also a, an interesting situation where, like the the, Ugh. it was very cold at night. It was very cold. Lots of wind. The wind was just. <sighs> we talked about it last week, but uh, it was intense. I and because of the time of year that we're here and where the sun is positioned in the sky and that it's getting darker earlier, you know, if you're dependent upon solar to keep everything going. That it gets challenging. I will say one thing about this park. It was not an option for us to get into, but they do have a, a very small like RV only section of the park. And I think that if we had been over there, because it's quite removed from the other section, which is uh, an all-inclusive tents, big rigs, small rigs. Um, I think if we had been over there, I wouldn't have felt as uh, uncomfortable or I would have maybe been, I would have run the generator more. We were really, really conservative with the generator, only really running it when the batteries were to a point where we just, we had to give them a little bit of juice so that we could have heat yeah. and stuff well, at night. I, I think but, it's, it's sort of best to think about like that. And, and we will often run the generator while we're making breakfast and while we're making dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, those sorts of times when it's, you know, there's a lot of need for uh, you can then use the microwave and stuff and yeah. you get some bonuses off of that or at times when it seems like there's not that many people in the yeah, campground in the middle of the day exactly what yeah. i was gonna say because this is a climber's paradise of an area so a lot of people that were in this park are heading out very early in the morning and then they are going into red rock and they are climbing all day so the campground would get really empty and that is when we would feel most comfortable running the generator because we didn't feel like we were intruding upon anyone's solitude and then also trying to be 
respectful of the fact that, you know, when you come back to your tent after a really long day of climbing and you want to sit around the fire, well, the last thing you want to hear is your neighbor's generator going. I don't want to hear generators either, you know. No, but I also, I think, you know, you, in some respects, at least for me, I'll just speak for me as an RVer, I sometimes maybe I understand it a little bit more or I sympathize with it a little bit more or I'm just used to hearing it because I have one. So these are some things to think about if you go to Red Rock, if you are going to need to run the generator a lot, like let's say you're not going to be able to get through the day without the generator going. Or you're somebody that needs it at night. Yep. This isn't the place. This is not the place for you. Even if you were over in the RV site, this is not the campground for you. Definitely stay at Oasis, like, you know, or, you know, a private campground in the area. If you can't stay at Red Rock, we cannot encourage you enough to go and visit Red Rock Canyon Conservation Area, Red Rock Canyon National Conservation Area. I want to make sure yeah, I get that so in there. So this is a, a Bureau of Land Management site. Um, so your, your national park passes work here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, main, the main thrust of it is a 13-mile scenic loop. Um, that you can drive or bike or whatever you want to do. Um, you do. You are supposed to have reservations for the time yeah, that you enter entry. that. Yeah, it's a timed entry. The guy at the gate was surprised we has a res- had a reservation. <laughs> He's like, well, I haven't seen any of those today, but there are lots of people just showing up, right? Yeah. But you just know if it's a busy day, there's a chance that you might not get in if you didn't make a reservation. There is a $2 fee for reservations. And if you don't, if you show up without making a reservation, they're still going to charge you the $2 fee for reservations. So there's a $2 fee for the reservations. And then there's, I think it's $15 to actually enter the park. But if you have a, uh, a national parks pass of any sort, that $15 uh, is, it gets waived. You're just paying the $2 and you do have to do this to get to the visitor center as well. It's to get in the park, really. And one of the things, if you're there not to climb when you're in the park, which is, again, a huge draw. We saw so many climbers when we were in the park. It's very cool. But there's a lot that you can also do in that park, including a really beautiful 13-mile scenic loop drive, which is kind of the highlight. And it's going to give you some spectacular spectacular stopping points all through the park. And then at those stopping points, there are going to be some trails. There's plenty of hiking options. I wish that we had had time to hike. We did a little bit. We We did a a, little. uh, The Children's Nature Discovery trail which was cute and we saw some mule deer and uh, went by a, a little brook and some petroglyphs and then we went on a short petroglyph trail um and we did at some of the stops sort of walk the little trails that get you close yeah. to the the different sites it it could easily be a national park this is oh, yes. this is a gorgeous gorgeous place um we were there in the sunset hours we heard from our friends that it's also very beautiful at the sunrise hours it is a canyon and it is full of all sorts of those canyon types of views that you might expect from something called Red Rock Canyon. I wish that we had gotten there a little bit early because of the winter hours in the park. They close a hard close at five o'clock. And so we showed up about two. And by the time we got in, went over to the visitor center and then got on this 13 mile loop drive, which really there's if we had had the time, you could have stopped. It's yeah, so many it different. Yeah, yeah, it could have been a whole afternoon, long afternoon. And so we didn't get to see 
as much as we would like, but still just the drive alone and then being there as the sun was going down was just gorgeous. I mean, it's a beautiful park and you almost can't believe it's that close to Las Vegas. And we had talked a little bit about this and all the things that we're talking about here is that we think that Vegas is for us one of those areas where there is so much more than just Viva Las Vegas, than just the Strip. Like, it is really an urban and natural just wonderland yeah, a little you're bit. Also, you're, 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 near, uh, you're near Red Rock Canyon. There's mm-hmm. also the... Um, there's also so many mountains around, and we spent some time in the mountains in the mm-hmm. past. Uh, there, there's uh, also Valley of Fire State Park, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And then you're like two and a half hours from Zion. You're like two and a half hours from Death Valley. You're not too far from the Grand Canyon. Hop it's, over to the Hoover Dam. It, it's a great stopping point. Uh, uh, it's a great base camp for a lot of these yeah. places. And I think that's a reason why we see in our America's National Parks Facebook group a lot of people asking for advice as to where they should drop in in the West Southwest. Like, where should I drop in airport-wise and then take off? Yeah. And Vegas is a huge one. Yeah, especially because flights to Vegas are often yeah. fairly, fairly oh, affordable. Yeah. yeah, so affordable. So we did Red Rock Canyon while we were staying at Red Rock. Now, while we were at Oasis, we did take the drive to Valley of Fire State Park. And that was a place that we have been wanting to go to for a very long time. Did not disappoint. Also could be a national park. Uh, It's a gorgeous place with all sorts of wonderful rock formations between um, just giant, large uh, red formations, but also like the big sort of wavy type formations that you can walk across. Mm -hmm. Um, It it really was a stunning place. And again, another place we wish we had a little more time at, but we did take a picnic lunch there. So uh, fun. And had a good good meal and uh, we hiked the wave which is a very popular hike and fairly easy and iconic it's one of the more well-known locations in the park it's gorgeous it's 15 dollars to get into the park for the day you can absolutely go in and spend the whole day it was about an hour drive from the oasis campground for us to get over there because it is a state park your national parks pass will not uh will not get you into it however on the drive there are two ways to drive and one of them takes you through lake mead lake mead's entrance you're going to have a uh, national park service mm-hmm. ranger waiting for a fee so if you have a federal lands pass you can use that there and take the scenic drive through the lake mead area uh into the Valley of Fire's area. And we absolutely recommend that you do mm-hmm. that. We did that going to Valley of Fire, and then we took the shorter interstate route to return back to Vegas later in that evening. So those were some of the outdoor activities that we did in the three weeks that we were in Las Vegas. Let's massively shift gears and talk about some of the Vegas, Vegas things that we did while we were there. Let's talk about two in particular. So we were there over Thanksgiving and we 
went ahead and we were like, we're not cooking. We're in Vegas. <laughs> like, there's no way we're making Thanksgiving dinner. And so we ended up being able to find, <laughs> thankfully, a reservation for nine people at Carmine's inside Caesar's Palace. Yeah, we we had been to Carmine's in Chicago. There's three Carmine's. There's one in Chicago. There's one in the original New York. And then there's one in the Caesar's Palace Mall, which is Oh, insane it's uh, so and it's a zoo awesome. and, and it's impossible to get out of and it has every fancy store that you can possibly I imagine uh, so we had a wonderful Thanksgiving meal here they they really went all out it was so good so for what we paid for nine people I could not believe the amount of food that we were provided and boy let me tell you they make some of the best lemon drop martinis I've ever had so much so that I probably had more than I should have had because <laughs> they were so good. But I remember with the dinner. So it's an entire Thanksgiving spread, even though it is an Italian restaurant. We did order a big family size of spaghetti for the kids that are not interested in the Thanksgiving meal. And when our server came over to talk to us about the meal and she was running down the list of all the things, she goes, and so your 18 pound turkey will be out in a minute. And I think all of us went, I'm sorry, what? Did you just, do you mean eight pounds? And she's like, oh, no, 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 18. And I was like, oh, we had, we had wow. lots of leftovers. There's a lot. We had a we had lot lots of leftovers. Of and I'll do, there's, I'll talk, talk about what I did with the leftovers in my black tank. But, <laughs> but, okay. We, we had a good meal there. Uh, and it's a great place to visit. There, there, there's a lot we wanted. We originally thought we were going to do like a buffet. We yeah, like, we tried for Bellagio. Let's do Bellagio buffet for Thanksgiving. But uh, it turns out like most of the buffets really just don't take reservations. You can pay extra to sort of get towards the front of the line. But it sounds like on Thanksgiving, like you might be waiting in line for three hours. Yeah, who so, wants to do that? So we didn't do, uh, we decided against that and, and got a reservation. And I think, you know, that was the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. And in general, when you're visiting a city like this, like, doesn't matter how big your party is try to make some reservations because the world has just shifted towards reservations i the the because of labor shortages restaurants are uh are so keen on managing the amount of people that are coming into work based on the amount of people that are coming in to eat yeah so didn't was vegas also where we did the cheesecake factory no no yes 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 And that was like a party of nine. They don't take reservations there. We waited 90 minutes. Yeah. You and the kids all went out to do something. Nine people, you know. But still, let's, I mean, and obviously it's the holiday season, but this is what we're learning as we travel with our friends that nine people for sure, doesn't matter what day of the week it is, does not matter (laughs) what time of the day it is. They need a reservation. So regardless, most of you are not going to be visiting uh, the Strip on Thanksgiving. Uh, but a, a couple things to think about if you're heading to Vegas and you are going to be visiting the Strip, um, especially if you're staying somewhere like like Oasis, uh, you're going to be probably driving in and parking. You can take like an Uber or whatever uh, or a taxi. But 
if you have if you're in an RV with a toad or you're a tow vehicle, you're probably going to be driving in and parking. There is a lot of parking available on the strip. All the casinos have big parking garages. I want to recommend to you the Treasure Island Casino though cuz they have free parking and the parking garage their first two levels are uh are big uh truck friendly, right? So uh you can maybe eight foot clearance uh and the guard at the uh top of the ramp who i'm going to talk about in my black tank but i'm going to fresh tank him here for this because it was a different person anyway oh, okay. the, the, the guard at the top of the ramp is is telling people with their big rigs to park on these first two levels and making the people with the smaller cars go to different levels. So it leaves plenty of room. And we have used that Treasure Island garage many, many times mm-hmm. now. Um, it is all the way on one end of the strip. But there are some free parking options out there, a couple of them at a few different casinos, and that's one of the best options. Tip number two, this goes for any big city. The best place to go to the bathroom is a hotel lobby. Uh, just actually did that last night in Palm Springs with Henry. Even if you're not staying at that hotel. Uh, yeah, that, that's always, the, that's, <laughs> I learned that my first trip to Chicago before I moved there. The best place to find bathrooms is a hotel lobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and really uh, make sure that when you visit the Strip, you have a plan for what you want to do and that you're not going to just walk and wander because it is huge and your feet will hurt wear good shoes know that when you go inside somewhere like the caesar's uh mall i can't remember what they actually call it the caesar's mall just like a casino they guide you in and they guide you on a journey and you exit through the casino and it takes four ever it is impossible to get out of you can't go backwards it's like walking into an if you ever been to an ikea it's like walking into ikea you like they maze you through the store Uh until you get out it is just like that everywhere in vegas i just realized we're about to wrap this up we've got not one thing to talk about jay we need to talk about two more things and this last two things we're going to talk about the first one is Meow Wolf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, I cannot believe this did not... We almost forgot it. We didn't put it on our list here. We, we didn't put it on it. the list. So the minute we got there, and this is probably why, because it was hard to think back to that very first week. The very, one of the, the thing we did, the very first thing we did when we got to Vegas was we went to Meow Wolf and we went to the Omega Mart. And it was awesome we talked Go. about uh, we talked about meow wolf when we visited santa fe yes. last time big sort of art installation walkthrough experience type thing so that that one was uh, a house you walk into and then mm-hmm. you go through the fridge through portals in the fridge or closets or whatever to different worlds uh of artists imagination and this one is a grocery store and it has a little bit, uh, I think, a better story where you're sort of trying to help solve some things with the grocery store. Um, the mystery More behind it. More accessible story, yeah, I think, um, uh, for yeah. people of all ages. Um, and it's al- it's also a, a a mystery in the sense of you are a, you can either be with the mart or against, against it. it. And they, so it's a, it's got a real Star Wars-y like, kind of vibe. You're in the grocery store, and they have all these really fun, wild products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can you go through like a freezer door, or you go through the mm-hmm. manager's office or the break room into these other worlds. It is 
so much fun. And I am telling you, if you think just going to one Meow Wolf is enough, oh, I went to, uh, to Santa Fe, I'm good. No, you've got to go to the Vegas. I cannot wait to go check out Denver. It is such an experience on so many different levels. And this one is in a, in a building called Area 15, like Area it's a play on Area 51, but it's like it's called Area 15 and it is a big sort of entertainment complex where they have like axe throwing and clubs and a, a big 3D theater and and all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, you can enter it for free. Uh, and then the different attractions mm-hmm. cost different things. And there are, there's restaurants and stuff. We did have a meal in there. And uh, it just overall, uh, that's a good sort of off the strip place to to visit. I maybe wouldn't go there on like a Friday or Saturday night. Or the Wednesday wild. before Thanksgiving. Or the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Which <laughs> was, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, no. So the very last thing, let's talk about this. This is something you have wanted to do for I've been telling her. I'm not going to say that I'm going to eat my words. I'm not going to say that. I've been trying to get you to a Cirque du Soleil show ever since we've been together. Since probably the very first thing that came out of your mouth was, hi, my name's Jason. Do you want to go to a Cirque du Soleil show? I have not been to one since before you. It's been a very long time. But Cirque du Soleil usually visits Chicago. They set up the big tent in Mm -hmm. Chicago and uh, perform there. And I've seen them a couple times at actually before i moved to chicago as a kid um but cirque du soleil is you know if you're not familiar it's um fancy french canadian circus without animals it's basically it's amazing it's basically storytelling in a really accessible form without out many words uh but in a grand and whimsical form and uh, I finally got Abby and the kids to a show, so we went to see Ka at the uh, what I can't MGM remember, Grand. At the MGM Grand, yeah. So Ka is their show that takes place on a giant moving platform and is the largest piece of stage machinery, the most expensive piece of stage machinery ever built. Mm-hmm. It is a platform that like goes up and goes vertical and goes sideways and it has sand on it that drops off and they shoot arrows at it and climb them. It's amazing. Um, but it's sort of like this tribal tale of, uh, I think it sort of feels like, like a brother and sister that gets separated sort of thing. Yeah. It has a, it has a lot of strong Asian influences inside of it. In fact, the minute it started, I felt like I was sitting back in Tokyo again, watching Kabuki theater. It's, incredible and i wasn't sure what to expect going into it i mean you know cirque du soleil has been around for a thousand years it feels like and you can't find a theater almost in vegas that doesn't have some type of cirque show in it so you know i kind of just thought it was not a novelty piece like you know if i want to see that i'll just go see david copperfield like whatever um so i know did you (laughs) I know you love David Copperfield. So we saw this and um, it was, it was amazing. I don't even know the right words. All I can say is that there, I cried twice because what I was witnessing was so gorgeous. It's just so visually and, and theatrically moving that like it just it hit like an arrow 
(laughs) right in my heart. What's so special about Cirque, the way it works so well, is that it's accessible to people that speak any language, Mm -hmm. right? So, in a place like Vegas, where you've got people flying in from all around the world, it works. When you have people of different ages, I mean, we had a six-year-old with us. We had a six-year-old, a nine-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 13-year-old. And a 15-year-old, uh, and other olds. like Yeah, and adults. And adults. Uh, and, we, and, and it, they all felt uh, a real strong connection with it. The yeah. six-year-old had a blast. Like, Henry just loved a lot of the, the martial art feel to a lot of the mm-hmm. battle scenes are very heavily rooted in in um, choreographed and very just grand martial arts. And he loved that. I mean, it just, and there were moments that were, you could tell that were really designed to be uh, whimsical and, and childlike for the children in the audience. And then moments that they would transition into just really what would be visually beautiful for everyone to watch, but then in some respects, it's just going to hit people in a really emotional kind of way. I mean, it just, yeah. when she fell through that water, oh, I, wonderful. Oh, I just started sobbing because it was just, gore. it was, it was so beautiful. I, I can't recommend it enough. I, I wish they very, very much do not want you to take a single picture while you are in that theater. They are very, 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 and I appreciate it so much, very protective of their art. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't see any of that happening. And normally when you go to like no. a Broadway show, you still, see, even though they make announcements and they have ushers and stuff, you still see people uh, try it. I mean, how many bootlegs are there out there <laughs> of Adina Menzel in Wicked? I mean, but come on. The, the thing, you know, going to a, a show in Vegas can be an expensive proposition. And I can't speak for the other Cirque shows, but for this show, we sat in the very last row and we went on an off night. We went on a Monday night. We paid $50 a ticket. Now, the tickets can get up to like 400 bucks. Yeah. Uh, we paid $50 a ticket. I didn't feel like we would have gotten anything better by paying more. That It was, yeah. The seats it, it, were great. Matter, you can sit in the back and you're totally fine. As a matter of fact, I think it's better to be back and in the center than on the sides and in the front. Completely uh, agree. Where you still would be paying lots of money. So. And I think that that probably goes for any Cirque show. Yeah, probably. Because of Just the way. Just by the way it, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you have a choice, if this is something you decide to do and you have a choice between center back or way up front and to the side, my recommendation and what I will always pick going forward is center and in the back. That's our visit to Las Vegas. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to check the level of our tanks. Be right back. On every road trip, there are moments you wish could last forever. Your kids running into the ocean for the first time, that perfect campsite with views that amaze and surprise, a hike through Sarah's crack, moments you spend time planning and you wish would never end. But like all good adventures, they do. But you know what doesn't have to end? Your RoadPass Pro membership you used to plan that memory-making vacation. Grab your RoadPass Pro membership today and lock in the $49.99 price for life. Featuring some of our favorite trip planning sites like Campendium and Road Trippers and the Togo app for checklists, RoadPass Pro will help you create an amazing RV adventure. Save $10 off your first year with code RVMILES10X and lock in the renewal rate of $49.99 for life. 
RoadPass Pro is going up in the new year. So if you've been on the fence, now is the time to join and save. Just click the link in the description and use code RVMILES10X to save $10 off your first year of RoadPass Pro. The end of year discounts continue. Now through January 5th, you can save 30% off a Harvest Host membership. From wineries to museums to breweries to farms, Harvest Host is our favorite way to break up a drive on travel days. Safe, convenient, fun overnight parking, all for only $69. Plus, with each stay, you'll be supporting a small business owner and getting to know the local community. Click the link in this episode's description and save 30% off on a Harvest Host membership. Already a member? The discount applies to gift certificates, too. Give the gift of a unique overnight stay this year and save money doing it. Click the link in this episode's description to save 30% off and hurry. Deal ends January 5th, 2023. We are back and now it is time to check the level of our tanks. Jason, what is in your black tank this week? Well, I I mentioned the security guard at the (laughs) top of the ramp. So the Treasure Island Casino, you drive in and we were on the first level after you go up the ramp is where we parked, right? It was a long, it was maybe a half hour walk to where we had dinner, mm-hmm. right? To, to Carmine's. And I decided we were going to go, we were going to go walk around the strip after dinner. And I decided to take the giant bag of leftovers because we had plenty uh, back to the truck. It was going to be a long walk back to the truck. <laughs> I knew it, but I decided that was probably the best thing to do. I was totally wrong. Regardless, I get back to the Treasure Island Casino. I go in. I go in the way we went in. Instead of getting on the elevator, mm-hmm. I took the stairs. Mm. Trying to be, you know, trying to be healthy, trying to be <laughs> conserve energy, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You get in the stairwell, and guess what? The doors are locked down to the first level. I was only on the third level, having to take it down to the second to move, get over to the parking garage, mm-hmm. right? So, it... The, there's a door that it sends me out at street level out the door. Right. And it's right next to the ramp up the parking garage, right? There so you go. I start walking up the ramp in the parking garage. The security guard comes running and screaming at me that you can't walk up the ramp. Now, to give you a visual of what this ramp looks like, it's like four lanes wide, two exit and two entry, plus like plenty, a, a lane's worth of of blocked off shoulder mm-hmm. like plenty of room for somebody to walk not walking through where the cars go regardless it's safety reasons you can't walk on this so what he tells me i have to do is go back through the casino now in order to do that i'm you know these casino properties in las vegas are massive I had to circulate around an entire block, go back into the casino and go back through the casino to the elevator. It took me another 20 minutes to oh, do that. You were gone for forever. <laughs> it was there was no other way to get in. Time. And he would not let I mean, I could see our mm. truck and he would not let me go that way. And I, I've, I rarely will lose it on a, business employee jason doesn't really have words with people he doesn't have words with people i don't like confrontation like that but i was just so i get down to the bottom of the ramp and realize where i have to go and i had to walk across six lanes of traffic to do it Mm -hmm. and i'm just screaming back up to him that you really think this is safer like i'm like (laughs) 
just so mad that he was like, I, I was being dangerous by walking up this parking ramp. And now I have to walk across six lanes of traffic where there is no crosswalk. I wish I had had you on FaceTime during all of that. I was so... <laughs> <laughs> I was actually on the phone with my mom when it happened. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> well, maybe, you know, maybe part of that was he was like, hey, dude, what? get off your phone. <laughs> he was probably annoyed that I was on my phone, but I'm just walking down the street. Not like right. it's like, a, I, you know, whatever. Anyway, I was t- oh my you know, talking to my mom for Thanksgiving. It was a happy Thanksgiving conversation. And, uh, uh, ended up being able to be on with my mom for quite a long time after that because it took me forever to get back there. So that mm-hmm. is my black tank this week. All right. Well, lucky all of you. Uh, what is in your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank is is sitting down for a while. Uh, mm. You know, so we're we're sitting down for for two months, sort of. We're going to Disney, yeah, here in a bit. Uh, <laughs> we're we're in one place for two. You know, what what often happens here as full timers is that we get excited about moving a lot and all the places we're going, and that's all fun and exciting. And then towards the end of a leg of that, it becomes, uh, you know, you get worn out, right? Vacationing can be uh work right you need a vacation from your vacation is the saying right uh and and it just we're at that phase right now again where it is just nice to sit down again because we moved so much well enjoy it it is really nice to be here enjoy it because when we leave here it's going to be a real long time it's before be we see this again. It's going to be yeah. a very long time. Yes, but I couldn't agree with you more. It's really nice to just be in one place for a while and, and really get to know the community that we're a part of at the moment. What is in your black tank this week? Abigail? So my black tank goes to flu season. And oh. I'm talking about real flu, okay? I'm not trying to like, you know go around and not say the word COVID. I'm not talking about COVID. COVID is here. It's always going to be here. Take care of yourself. What we are dealing with right now, this flu season, is a flu we have not seen in a very long time because of COVID. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> because I'm... we were all masked up and really social distancing and maybe being a little bit more mindful about washing our hands uh, or not going somewhere when we're sick. I really wish we could get back into the idea of regardless of what you have, maybe if you are sick, especially if you have a fever, you should stay home. Yeah. And so we are, we right now uh, have a raging flu season happening and I'm not happy about it. (laughs) And it's hit hit some of our family here. So Mm -hmm. we've all been a little under the weather. I don't know if it's flu or not, but, but several of us have passed around something and we've right. been under the weather and it's not been fun. Right. And it's a, it's a mad dash to make sure that everyone rests. We've put a ton of stuff on hold to make sure that everyone can rest because we have to take healthy people with us to Disneyland. That is very, very important. And so, uh, you know, it's just, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating so uh, please take care of yourself please get your flu shot please keep your hands washed so that as we all want to spend time with our family and friends for the holiday season and going into the new year we can do that without sending grandma home with the flu okay 
All right, what's in your fresh tank this week? So my fresh tank, it's hot off the presses. It literally dropped yesterday. Today is uh, Friday, December 9th. It just dropped last night on Netflix. It It is the Harry and Meghan documentary that they worked with Netflix uh, to put together that's really uh, supposed to just kind of open up and give their side of the story. And I watched the... So the first three episodes have dropped and I watched them. And regardless of what you think about the royal family, regardless of what you think about celebrity, it is an incredibly fascinating look at how we as a society, how we as... uh, Or what we consume as a society from a celebrity standpoint, what, what... the paparazzi will go to the lengths that they will go to the invasive lengths that they will go to to feed our need for stuff like that and it really that alone is worth watching it it's really well put together like it's it's a a beautifully shot and a very fascinating look at what it means i mean the Regardless if you, you know, again, if you're into the Royals, it's just what a, from an American point of view, what an incredible institution that is and what it means to be a part of that institution and what that institution means to the the British people. And it is, I just, it's worth watching just because you will think a little bit the next time you click to read or you see one of those articles that's, you know, being put out by like a people magazine because what these people have had to endure just because they were born into a a Royal family or just because they happen to fall in love with someone who is in a Royal family is shocking. Cool. I haven't checked it out yet. But I know. I I'll watched it, right it all on. last night. Yeah. <laughs> I was up really late. <laughs> I didn't think you would want to watch it. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to watch this by myself. <laughs> so I watched all three episodes. <laughs> all right. That's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Just a reminder, if you're enjoying RV Miles, please head over to Apple Podcast and leave RV Miles a five-star review. That just helps put us in front of a whole new generation of listeners. Again, if you want to become a mile marker, just head over to Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook and click on one of those member join subscribe buttons and we would love to welcome you into the club. And then of course, if you are headed to Amazon, please consider taking us with you. Just go to amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles and everything you purchase on Amazon, we get a little kickback at no cost to you. Thank you so much again for watching a continued blessed holiday season to you. Please wash your hands, stay healthy and keep logging those RV miles. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) Wash your hands, Jason. (laughs) 